You know, it's interesting that progress is the result of pressure from heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that there is a pressure coming from the person of the Holy Spirit, and he's trying to uh, do a little more than just urge us into progress. I think he's trying to push us and pressure us into progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, we're going to need to we're going to need to do more than update. We're going to need to upgrade. God promises in Joel 2:28 to pour out his spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promise outpouring. We equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have with us today a treat. One of our favorite people is with us today, Pastor Tony Kemp. He's a pastor of pastors, and if you haven't had an opportunity to be around him until now, this is a glorious opportunity for you to enjoy. He is a thought provoker, and he is one that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to about what we need to be doing in the body of Christ to prepare for the coming outpouring because there's a lot yet to be done and we're not really where we need to be yet. We're so delighted that you're with us today. And before we get started, we want to encourage you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net and make sure that you've subscribed to our email lists and go to our events page. You're going to see a thing there for Global Outpouring Convention 2023. Uh, We're going to have a glorious time July 4th through the 7th. And one of our special speakers is going to be Pastor Tony Camp. He has such an amazing gift, and he is being challenged by the Holy Spirit to help to mature the body of Christ. And we're going to hear a lot about that today. So we want to encourage you, get here if you can. You can go to that event page and find out more about it, and you can register and get here to the beautiful Ozark Mountains. And if you can't get here, or if you're listening to this after the date has passed, you can go to our YouTube channel, Global Outpouring YouTube channel and Global Outpouring Facebook page. These wonderful meetings will be in our archives there. So be sure to get connected with us, and uh, then that way you can, you can know what's going on in the future. And we look forward to being better connected with you. Be sure that if you're blessed by this podcast, give us uh, some feedback. We have a little feedback form there that you can give us feedback or you can email us at feedback at globaloutpouring.org and let us know what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life through this podcast. And if there's something that you want us to go into, we we would love to hear from you and get what's on your heart, questions you might have or things that we can address as we uh, seek the Holy Spirit for what he wants to bring on this podcast. Pastor Tony Kemp, it is such a pleasure to have you with us today on this Global Outpouring podcast. We are so excited because, you know, we know that you are just on the same page, going the same direction that we're going with the the outpouring, believing God for the outpouring, contending for it, equipping for it. You're real into equipping and and real into into engaging in it. So welcome to, to this podcast. Well, listen, it's always a pleasure and a blessing to be with you and Philip and to be with everyone who will be listening to us. And I can't wait to get to Arkansas where I can see everyone face to face and 
and we can share in the blessing of the Lord together. Amen. Amen. So just uh, to bring everyone up to speed, I, I already said it in the introduction, but Pastor Tony's going to be with us for our Global Outpouring Convention 2023. And uh, if you if you can get here, get here because it will be life changing. Go to our website, globaloutpouring.net and sign up for it. It's under events. Just click on it and you will be able to sign up to be here with us. And, and if you're listening to it later, you can always go to our archives on Facebook and YouTube. But but this is a life-changing event. And Pastor Tony, you've been with us a number of times now. Every time has been life-changing for me. I'm really excited that you're going to be with us. And I'm looking forward to it also. And also because Etienne from South Africa will also be there. So oh, yes. he's always a very fascinating, spiritual, revelatory uh, brother in the Lord. And I, I can't wait to uh, have personal conversations as well as listen to what <laughs> God's going to download and give him to share. Yes. Amen. You know, sometimes those uh, conversations at the lunch table are the best part. Yeah. Or until we uh, stay up to about three o'clock in the morning, you know, talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we'll we'll see about that. <laughs> so, yeah. can you give us can you give us a an any idea of what the Lord is putting on your heart to share that you can give us a teaser? Well, there there's so many things. Uh, I, I will tell you this: the last time I was with you, and I I never shared this with with you or anyone else. In one of the services, I had a vision of two angels. Uh, these two angels uh, both had shepherd's rods. They were very tall. They had an ancient look to them because of what they were about to share with me. And so this is what they said. They said, well, one spoke in behalf of the other and um, said, said this, prepare for the coming of the king Make yourselves ready. Ooh, mm. And so uh, this this has to do first with preparing for the manifest presence of the King, King Jesus. And of course, you know, at some point in time, the Lord Jesus is going to return. But this really had to do with an issue of what I would call spiritual development mm -hmm. and internal development. The second part of that is uh, external accomplishment. And so I didn't say anything to anybody because this was not on my radar. <laughs> I was not I was not anticipating this. And of course, I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe I need to get myself more ready. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know that. <laughs> so I, thought, I, I, I thought before I start preaching this, maybe I need to work on this a bit myself. So, yeah. um, so that was in Arkansas when I left you. I think I had to go to uh, Mississippi. Yeah, your car broke to, uh, down. You had to go back get yes, your car. Yes, when... yes, yes. Which was really unusual. Yeah, that I've never had that happen in my entire life. Wow. So I got stuck in Mississippi. I was doing a thing for Dr. Greg Hood, Kingdom University. I had spoken that Friday night, and I was supposed to do the uh, the daytime. I think I did six to nine Friday. And then I was supposed to do a nine to like three or four the next morning. Wow. And so when I wake up in the morning, here are these two angels in my room. And again, same two angels. They have shepherd's rods, which I think was also symbolic because, you know, shepherds lead, guide, direct and protect, mm -hmm. uh, feed and nurture and all of that sort of thing. And then this time, this is what they said. Shepherd the people into the father's 
holiness. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so just as quickly as they appeared, they disappeared. So then after that, I went to Pennsylvania. And, and of course, when I'm in Pennsylvania, and then the, the following cities, I, I, I had a series of cities that I went to, a series of states, and they would appear. Wow. For example, they would appear and say, shepherd the people into the prophetic. Shepherd the mm. people into healing and deliverance. Mm -hmm. uh, probably one of the most significant, though, was when I was in Holland, uh, Michigan, mm -hmm. and they appeared on a Sunday morning. I was supposed to do two services, and this is what they said. Repent, obey the word of God, walk in the light so that you could be clothed with white. Mm -hmm. And so I began to understand that the Father's desire was for our internal development first, which I mentioned before, and then our external achievement. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this is certainly a part of what I want to share because um, I think that for the most part, most of us are actually behind in our spiritual development, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, regardless of uh, what kind of, quote, success we have had in ministry. Right. Okay. Very true. So uh, that's that's a part. So part of what I want to share is vertical. It has to do with um, our intimacy with with the Father, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And then I think a, another part of this would have to do with the horizontal, and the horizontal would be uh, that which has to do with our relationships with each other, in terms of uh, external achievement, in terms of ministry. And other word, in other words, structures and systems of the spirit. And to give a person an idea, I'll put it in the form of questions. Uh, number one, if you can't see it, you can't describe it. If you can't describe it, you cannot define it. If you cannot define it, you cannot measure it. If you cannot measure it, you can't govern it. And if you can't govern it, you can't grow it. And if you can't grow it, you cannot harvest it. And if you can't harvest it, why even do it? Mm. Oh, wow. So it really has to do with vision, description, definition, measurement, governance, growth, and then obviously harvesting. And the reason I say that is because I, I had had a, um, an encounter where I got caught up to heaven in a prophetic, uh, apostolic prophetic and evangelism council meeting with God. And so, um, there is a period of years that's before us where we need to create a harvest of harvesters, mm -hmm. okay, and then a harvest of disciples that will produce a harvest of souls. Wow. Mm -hmm. And this will be by revelation. So you have to have revelation in order to get results. And I also want to share this because I think this is important. Uh, Ecclesiastics 10.10 says, if the axes don't, you have to put forth more effort. Mm -hmm. But wisdom is profitable to direct. And so I think that we are in a, a, a season of wisdom. And I'll probably also mention this. In January, I was in California doing a service, and I saw an angel, and I, I, you know, I said, Lord, who is this? And, and the Lord said, this is the angel of transition. Ooh. Okay. So this angel of transition is here to help us with transition, but also to help us prepare for the next season. And so uh, wisdom is profitable direct in other, to direct. In other words, 
uh, we want to land on the right side of wisdom. And so this, this angel of transition has to do with helping us when we have a problem that we uh, don't know how to solve, that we don't have resources to solve it, that we he's going to help us overcome our failures when we try to solve it and fail. And then <laughs> this angel is going to help us with creative ideas and the faith and the courage to act so that we can solve problems, advance the kingdom of God, and reach people for Jesus, okay? Amen. So this is also a very, very essential part of this process. Now, in connection with this, I think that people need to align their desires with their God-given design, okay? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. say so that again. A person has to align their desire with their God-given design, Amen. okay? So anytime a person has a desire outside of their God-given design, they're going to experience frustration mm -hmm. because that's not what they're designed to do. That's right. So when I, so when I align my design with the God-given desire, then what happens is uh, I find purpose. So purpose is what I've been designed to do. Okay? Good. So then what happens is, is that God gives me his passion according to the design he's given me. And my passion becomes what I love to do in the design God's given me. Amen. And so then gifting is also according to your design because gifting is what you're empowered to do. So purpose is what you uh, are designed to do. Passion is what you love to do in that design, and gifting is what you're empowered to do. So in, in connection with all of this, thinking this through, people are looking for God's presence, which, I mean, the scripture says for you to do that. But a lot of people are not finding his manifest presence. And the reason that they're not finding his manifest presence is because they don't have a revelation of his purpose because wherever his purpose is, that's where his presence will manifest. Mm. Beautiful. Okay? Beautiful. Yeah. So that's what it is. Mm. So I need to find, okay, what is my design? What is God's purpose for me in this particular season? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whatever his purpose is, that's how his presence will uh, manifest. So I guess I ought to give you a chance to say a word, shouldn't I? Uh, I I'm, what can we say? <laughs> wow. I'm I'm just I'm just thinking. Wow, that there's probably a whole lot of unpacking to do. Yeah, in there's all a that. whole lot of unpacking to do. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's yeah. what you're going to do when you're here is unpack all that. Well, yeah, I'm going to begin the process because obviously it's there's a lot to it. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You know because there there's the concept of what would be kingdom values. Mm -hmm. Okay. In other words, the value, okay, we're talking about the values of the king, mm -hmm. okay? As I lock into the values of the king, I will have victory, okay? Mm -hmm. So there's a relationship between my locking into and aligning myself with the values of the king and the victories that I experience in various avenues of my life, mm -hmm. okay? I have a pastor that I know that I actually oversee. Uh, she's from South Korea. She's a wonderful woman of God. Their, their church is in a move of revival. Uh, but previous to all this, she and she's she's one of those persons, you know, who fast 40 days and mm -hmm. they do a lot of prayer and they have manifest presence. And 
I mean, just wonderful things happen. So at one point she says to the Lord, you know, Lord, I, you know, I really uh, try to focus on um, the things that are important. And so, <laughs> so the Lord says, yes, you do focus on the things that you think are important, but not necessarily the things that I think are important. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so when she was sharing that with me, I thought I better make myself a note because I'm probably <laughs> fitting into that category as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that's what God is doing. In uh, you're you're not the first person that's talked like this uh, with us, and, and I'm 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 going through this myself. You know, like we just we just did this fast recently for Israel uh, that uh-huh. that Mike Bickle uh, encouraged people to do, and. I wasn't going to only fast just for Israel as long as I was fasting. I decided, hey, I've got to get closer to Jesus because right. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm so far behind that, yes. that there's so much that God wants to do and I'm not ready for it. And so I it's all about putting down the flesh when when you fast, you're saying no to your flesh, you're you're denying yourself and you're saying yes to the spirit. And yes. and as as you're coming off the fast, you have this tension, this struggle between mm-hmm. uh, the flesh and the spirit, you know, are you going to lose what you gained in the spirit by just going back to the flesh? And it's like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I want I want to, and this flesh is crying, oh, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same kind of thing. And, you know, God is just saying this in the body that it's, it's time to catch up. Oh, yes, because I think that we're behind in our spiritual development. I think that what sort of soothes us is that when we look around, um, we see that most people are not doing any better. <laughs> yes, but that's, that's, that's a, comparing, that's, right? That's a terrible thing. It's not good that we're all in the same boat. You know, Paul said it this way. He said, he said, those who compare themselves uh-huh. among themselves are not wise. That's right. Oh, I, de- I decided to look that up in the Greek, and it means that you're not very sharp, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really saying, actually, in the Greek, you can also translate it, that it's being stupid. But that's not a very uh, diplomatic way of expressing uh, oneself, no. but it was definitely there in the Greek. So, wow. you know, I think we all need a little bit of a help and assistance from heaven. <laughs> yes, we um, do. I think yeah. that we, we need some um, revelatory breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I think that we're all feeling, you know, it's interesting that progress is the result of pressure from heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that there is a pressure coming from the person of the Holy Spirit. And he's trying to uh, do a little more than just urge us into progress. I think he's trying to push us and pressure us into progress mm-hmm. uh, because you know we're going to need to we're going to need to do more than update. We're going to need to upgrade. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's yeah. a big difference. There's a big difference. Yeah. You know, I I often refer to the the story that you told us. Oh, it was years ago, I think, when, when I first heard you say it, that uh, that there was a time in your life, and I'm sure that it was quite some years ago, but um, that the Lord put out a contract on your flesh and the Holy Ghost <laughs> oh, was the hitman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I remember yeah. hearing that. I never forgot that. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, that, yeah. 
And I, I'm reminding oh. myself of it when I'm going through one of those moments. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so I think, I think what one of the things that's happening, I think it's Ephesians 3 and 12 where it talks about in Jesus and through Jesus, we have access uh, with full, with full freedom and full confidence. And so I find that my biggest challenge, in addition to my, in addition to my flesh, is to either my natural mind or my carnal mind. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that many of us are challenged because of the way life happens to be right now. Mm-hmm. So you know, we, we we sometimes have too much of a busy mind or an anxious mind mm-hmm. or a preoccupied mind, and there's so much um, so much brain chatter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And and so much uh, fog and noise, and I think sometimes that we have to do we have to do a step back into uh, let's see I think what is it Psalms forty six and ten that says be still and know I'm God but in the Hebrew it means to let go and know I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so to uh, schedule that or to learn the art of Living in that more and more, I think it, it, it increases our revelatory access so that we can know kind of what's next. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I, I think in connection with that is what angelic or heavenly beings, uh, according to the design, according to my, uh, my assignment, my gift, my calling, the ministry that Jesus has given me, what sort of heavenly beings has the Father assigned to actually help me or assist me in its purpose and developing an awareness of when those beings are are coming or present and how they want to be helpful to advance the body of Christ. So I think sometimes there's a struggle with our own personal spiritual sensitivity. So we, we, we lack awareness. And I, I, a good example of this is um, I know a pastor who was in a church service and somebody else was leading the service. And the Lord opened up his eyes and he saw angels and the angels were waiting, but the speaker never perceived uh, what the messengers were there for. And so the angels never got activated, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, he's talking about another preacher, but I'm wondering how many times that's happened, mm-hmm. you know, wow. with us, you know, if, yeah. if we're going to be honest about it, you know, because some days I, I have some, I have some days where, you know, I'm kind of. I could kind of see in other days, it's like, well, you know, I'm kind of sleepwalking in the spirit. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's well put. That's well put. So uh, I think that the Lord wants to do more. You know, there's, there's an angel of, of movement. Okay. And there's a, and, and there's an angel that works with movement and his name is momentum. But I think that we have to discern the moment to activate the movement and the momentum. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that sometimes for us, this is quite a challenge. Okay. Because usually we have our own agenda. And then there is the aspect of when people come to a quote, a church service, they come with their own agendas and their own expectations that may not be God's agenda, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, for that particular service. And so because they come with their own agenda or their own expectations, they'll leave disappointed and miss something that was actually better than what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. So there is always that possibility as well. Very true. 
there's so much to to consider in this and we really want to line up with what the lord wants because why would we why would we really want to do it our way yeah if we have a vision of what he wants to do surrendering is the most intelligent thing that we can do mm-hmm. yeah and i think for me the truth of the matter is that sometimes my head my natural head or my carnal head gets in the way and i think one of the things that sometimes happens with us is my spirit picks up on something that the Lord wants to do, but I can't seem to process it in my head to properly get a hold of it to cooperate with God. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there is this um, process that we have to go through mentally and emotionally so that we can pull from our spirit uh, what the Lord is saying and doing And then after we have processed it, we can find either the articulation for it, the grace of articulation, or we can um, discern the proper action that will bring the manifestation of God himself. Mm -hmm. And I can remember, particularly some years ago, when, and I'll never forget this, um, well, I'll give three examples. There was a church service that, that I was in. And the glory of God appeared. There was a preacher he was scheduled to preach. And uh, he got up to preach. And as soon as he got up to preach, this glory evaporated. Mm. I mean, and it Mm. was obvious. It evaporated. And then I remember because he didn't do the right thing at the right time. So he didn't, in other words, he didn't read the cloud. Mm. And uh, he didn't name the cloud, so he didn't cooperate with the cloud. So the cloud just left. (laughs) Okay, wow. I felt sorry for him. So then the next thing was another time the glory of God came. And this is when I really didn't know about the glory. Uh, not that I do now, but I, little, I know more, a little more now than I did then. <laughs> and so the glory of God came and the pastor looked at me and he put his hands up like, what do I do? And I put my hands up and said, I don't know what to do either. So let's just do nothing. It's probably our safest bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay. <laughs> when in doubt, do nothing. Just try to stay out of God's way. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, now those are sort of two negative stories, but now let me give you a positive one that's sort of positive, I guess. So I'm in, I'm in uh, Tennessee, and the glory of God comes into this meeting. You know, Jesus is seen, the, uh, the cherubim are seen, and everybody's seated, and there's this really heavy presence of the Lord. And I, I don't know what happened with this guy. I don't know if he had to answer a phone call he felt or if he had to go to the restroom, but this guy decides he's going to get up. And it's like, bro, you didn't pick the right moment because he he doesn't get one step. The power of God hits him and he hits the floor and he vibrates for Hmm. about 45 minutes. Wow. Okay. And so, you know, I think that we have these, uh, for lack of a better term, we have these moments in time where the glory of God manifests and super supernatural things happen. And another example would be, uh, I remember, um, and this happened when I was pastoring, we didn't have anyone who played a trumpet or anything like that in the uh, praise team. But the this angel came and blew a trumpet in a certain part of the sanctuary. And mm-hmm. it was actually heard, not just by saints, but sinners. 
And when the sinners heard it, they came up and gave their hearts to Jesus. Oh, wow. So I think that there are times when uh, there are activations of of, of evangelic activity. And, uh, you know, I think that sometimes we need to praise up to the realm of that manifestation or pray Mm -hmm. up to that realm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll give you another example of this also very, very interesting I was preaching at a mostly Puerto Rican church in Kissimmee, Florida, Pastor Brian Valley. This uh, woman comes to the church. She's not Puerto Rican. Uh, she happened to be white. She was a sinner. And when the altar call was given, she gave her heart to the Lord. And so then she begins to tell this story. Now, you know, she's a sinner. She doesn't go to church. She just happened to come to this church. But her testimony <laughs> was this that this, uh, this fluffy guy, this African-American guy, I'm the fluffy African-American guy, <laughs> apparently speaks to her in a dream and tells her to come to church if she just so happens to come to the church where I am. So she had heard my voice before, wow. and this is confirmation for her that wow. she should give her heart to Jesus. Praise God. And wow. so I think that there are these manifestations uh, of the presence and the glory of God that are happening that we need to be aware of and be sensitive to and permit. So just to give people a little bit of inspiration, because my view is this, if the Lord can use me, he can pretty much use anybody. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I remember hearing you talking, I think it was probably table talk, uh, about how the Lord has led you to sit before him and get the choreography for a a meeting. Can you just oh, yeah. unpack that for us a little bit? Because I think this is the kind of thing you're talking about is getting with the flow of what the cloud is doing so that you get the results that the cloud wants. I'm talking yeah, about this the is a great question. I um this this is funny. I did a meeting for Joshua Giles, uh, who's an African American prophet. He actually also pastors in um Minneapolis, St. Paul. So we did this meeting, and you know, people are funny. And Joshua's a very good prophet, very, very good seer. And uh, we did this meeting for him. That's about 1,500 people in um, Orlando, Florida. So it was sold out. So he asked me to speak, and, and, and the Lord moves. And I think we had like 10 people with metal get miracles of healing and all kinds of other miracles. Well, then uh, I'm speaking in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and uh, he's speaking at the same conference. We end up sitting together, and he had a conference, his own conference, the next week. So he says to me, he says, "Um, hey, what are you doing next week? (laughs) And I said, well, you know, I'm not doing anything because I knew he was having this conference. And I had a feeling that when we were doing this conference together, he was going to ask me. (laughs) Okay. So I left (laughs) it open. I said, well, I can stay. So, uh, you know, he's got about, oh, about 5,000 people attending this service. It's about 4,000 something when he asked me to speak. Okay. So this is how, this is how it starts. He introduces me. He says, now some of you people know Tony, some of you won't. He said, but uh, we had a staff member who, when when we were in Orlando, she had a metal knee and when she would go through security, it would go off. And so he says to her, and this is what's funny. He says to her, as they're getting ready to leave Orlando and come back to Minneapolis, we're going to see if you really got healed. Right. So when she walks through, uh, security, it does not go off. So he tells the people, this is a real thing. Wow. Okay. Cause it was definitely metal and then it was bone and it didn't go off and she was totally healed. And he said, well, we, we saw about 
oh, 50 to 100 of those kind of creative miracles. So that's his introduction. So I get up, and <laughs> we're talking about choreography. We're talking about systems in the spirit. We're talking about all of that. So this is, and I'm going to, I'll actually give this quick lesson. And it's, you know, this is a short version. In the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verse 5, there is a wedding in Cana of Galilee. People def definitely know the story, and they run out of wine, okay? And so somehow Jesus' mother uh, says to Jesus, they've run out of wine, and, and Jesus says, woman, what is that to me? In the Greek, it's a term of endearment. So uh, mama, you know, mama must have known that it was time for Jesus to act, because sometimes mama's, I don't care if you're the son of God, sometimes your mama's still ahead of you, okay? So <laughs> she goes to the servants and says, whatever yeah. my son Jesus tells you to do, do it. Okay, so, and so John says in the scripture, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. Mm -hmm. And so what we have here, this word beginning is where we get the word, whether well, the Greek word is archaic, and it means archaic, it means archetype, it means the original from which copies Ooh. are made. Now, John is making a point here, and he's saying, let me show you the pattern for the miraculous and for how to manifest the glory. Beautiful. Mm. So he says that, so whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. So I, I share that with the people, okay? Then what's interesting is there's a man who comes to Jesus later on in the same book who says, Jesus, come to my house. My son is dying. Jesus says, I don't need to come to your house. Go home, your son's going to be living. He's going to be healed and he's going to live. And the scripture says, as the man was on his way, someone met him and says, your son is well. When did he, when did he start to get healed? About one o'clock in the afternoon. And the man remembers, that's when Jesus said, go home, your son's going to live. John makes this point. He says, this is the second miracle that Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Now, when he says this, he said, this is a copy. Oh. In other words, point number one, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. Point number two, do what you can do when Jesus tells mm -hmm. you to do it. Then you go to number three, where Jesus is at the House of Mercy, Bethesda. It used to be a place where the rich were, but now it was the sick and mm -hmm. the diseased. Um, and it, there's a man who's been there for 38 years, and Jesus has a revelation. And he says, do you want to be made well? And that's a key in and of itself. Can you choose to be made well, even after you've had this chronic illness mm -hmm. for so long? And the man says a couple of things that are very, very interesting. Number one, he says, I don't have anybody. So where's your friends? Where's your relatives? Where's your brother? So it's an issue of abandonment, rejection, obviously long-time disease, so depression. And then he says, and when I'm getting, when the angel stirs the water, somebody gets down before me. In other words, I've been here for 20 years. You've only been here for 10. Wait your turn. So, so we've got some resentments and bitterness. So when Jesus says to him, rise up and walk, Jesus is doing more than saying, rise up and walk out of your paralysis. There's a spiritual paralysis, a mental and emotional as well as physical paralysis. Get up out of your hurt. Get up out of your abandonment. Get up out of your rejection. Get up out of your your resentments and your bitterness. Mm -hmm. And the man does it. Well, here's the point. Whatever Jesus tells you mm -hmm. to do, do it. Do what you can do when Jesus tells you to do it. 
you'll be able to do what you can't do just because Jesus told you to do it. And then John uses a very interesting example. He talks about how Jesus takes mud, puts it on a man's eyes, and says, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. But there is no indication that Jesus provided this man assistance. This man had to find his own way mm-hmm. to the pool called Sent. And what's the point? Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. Do what you can do when Jesus tells you to do it. You'll be able to do what you can't do when Jesus tells you to do it. And then <laughs> do what Jesus tells you to do, even if it's really difficult, challenging, and hard. So then John points out, Jesus is walking on the water. Jesus is an unidentified flying object. (laughs) The disciples are afraid. And Peter looks at the situation differently than all the other disciples because what Peter sees in the exposure of Jesus in the area of the miraculous, what Peter sees is an unspoken invitation to join Jesus on the water. Wow. Hmm. But he has to overcome fear because this is in a storm. Yeah. So all the rest of the disciples are ship riders, and Peter becomes a water walker. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even when Peter walks on the water and he actually sees the wind, and what it really means is he saw the spirit of the wind, and it pulled him out of the realm that he was in. Mm. He begins to sink, but Jesus catches him, and they walk back to the water together. So what does this mean? Do what Jesus tells you to do. Do what Jesus tells you to do when you can do it. You'll be able to do what you can't do when Jesus tells you to do it. Even if it's really, really hard to do, do it anyway because it will it will trigger the miraculous. Mm-hmm. And do what you're afraid to do mm-hmm. when Jesus tells you to do it. And, and I could go further, but here's the point. I preach this message, and then I do a mass prayer. And I speak to uh, the blind spirit, and I tell it to leave. The deaf spirit, I tell it to leave. I command the blind see, the deaf to hear. Uh, I speak to metal, I tell it to dissolve. And all of a sudden, these people start coming out. Lots of people start coming out. Well, all of a sudden, this woman is brought up. She had been totally blind in one of her eyes for about six or seven years, and she starts seeing. Well, now the crowd is starting to lose it. (laughs) Another woman comes up. She'd been deaf in her ear. Uh, Joshua tests her. She can hear. Another woman comes up. Her arm that was short just grows out. Glory to God. Mm. We had at least 20-something people that had metal claiming that they were healed and it dissolved. Wow. I got report. Another man uh, talks about uh, his condition. He starts running. Mm. I was told that people got up out of wheelchairs and walked. Mm. Well, the thing of it is, was your question was choreography. Mm-hmm. He who ministers to you the spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? And by the hearing of faith, you get you get the orchestration of the spirit, the administration of the spirit. It's the how to. Mm-hmm. Now to tie all of this together, okay, with what we were talking about, we talked about vision, description, definition, measurement, governance, growing, and harvest. It's exactly the same system. Mm. And so because that was the system that the spirit gave me, we saw and, you know, so then when we asked, how many of you 
have miracles and you didn't even come forward. All these people raised their hands because I'm not climbing over anybody. You know what I mean? And you got these stands, right? They're stacked up and all that sort of thing. And there were so, so many miracles. Well, as much as people may think that that was power, and it was, it was more my personal design. It was more alignment with the design. It was more that was God's purpose for that particular service. So that's why we had the presence and that's why we had the power. And so then when we hit the right system, that's why, that's when we saw the manifestations of the Spirit of God, glory manifestations where people got healed without the laying on of hands. Mm. And so it's really more about, okay, well, how did Jesus do these miracles? What wisdom is this that is given? Well, wisdom and miracles go together because wisdom is this is how to do it. Wow. And so um, really quick lesson. Anybody can do this. It's just a matter <laughs> of knowing how. Yeah. Okay. So, well, that was about a 15-minute answer to your question. <laughs> yeah. But it answers the question. Uh, but it gives us tools. Mm-hmm. And, and right, the, exactly. And the secret, though, is that you sit and you wait on the Lord to show you the how-to. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Because, see, here's, here's the thing. When the Scripture says David was a man after God's own heart, really, when you look it up in Hebrew, it was that David wanted to know what was in the, what was in the head of God. Mm. So when you find the mind of God, you find the miraculous. Mm. And so even though David was facing a Nephilim, Mm-hmm. Because that's what Goliath was, was a Nephilim. Mm-hmm. All the other soldiers um, saw an enemy who could not be defeated. But David, in his design and in his development because of his intimacy with God and because he was purposed to be a king, mm-hmm. and he had the kind of revelation with God that was a result of his relationship with the Lord that made him a prophet. <laughs> Everybody else saw an enemy who couldn't be defeated. You know what David saw? David saw an undefended forehead. He said, no, you cannot defeat this enemy in conventional means. No, I'm just going to get, I'm going to go down to the water. I'm going to get smooth stones. I'm not going to the mountain because those stones are crooked. Because the water smooths the stones. It's going to be a smooth uh, ride through the air. I'm going to hit him in the head because overconfidence is his weakness. And then I'm going to cut off his head. I got four other stones because he's got four brothers. And so what I'm saying to people is this, in the area of your grace and your calling, you can see what others can't see. And in the spirit of the Lord, you can become a giant killer. Amen. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if the truth be told, if Genesis six is true and there were Nephilim before, and they're Nephilim now, okay? You got to ask yourself, with regards to the two prophets uh, in the book of Revelation, who I personally believe to be Enoch and Elijah, and fire comes out of their mouth and destroys their enemies, are they really killing humans? Or are they killing other kinds of beings who appear to be human? Mm -hmm. Just thought I would give someone a teaser there. And it doesn't just say two prophets, it says two candlesticks. So 
you know, let's just think about that. Yeah. And so, you know, to answer a question, they'll say, you know, some people say, well, you know, the Lord sure was cruel back in the old covenant with Moses and with Joshua. Why is he killing all these men, women, and children? Well, what if they were not human? Mm -hmm. What if they were hybrids? What if they were totally surrendered to uh, demon spirits? You know, um, right. you know, when you're dealing with Og, this is what's interesting. If you're dealing with Og and Sehan, who are sons of Ahijah, it is believed in, in uh, <laughs> that Ahijah was the actual son of a Nephilim who slept with a woman. Mm. And so these were mm. Nephilim beings. And so Nephilim beings didn't just mate with humans, uh, but there was also some things that they did with animals. So the reason God told Joshua, kill everything, mm-hmm. is because he wanted to wipe out the the demonic DNA. Amen. And so uh, we have the return of the Nephilim. And so there's a war coming where the Lord is going to have some Elijahs and some uh, Enochs in the realm of the spirit who are going to be able to defeat the enemy. Now, I know this may be a little further out, so some people have considered as a possibility, mm-hmm. but there sure is an awful lot of wickedness going on. Oh. Yes. And there seems to be quite a bit of DNA manipulation going on. Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the Lord wants those who are, who are pure and holy in Jesus. This is a war over righteousness and iniquity. So yes. I just thought I would throw that in just so, so for some people just to think about in yes. terms of consideration. Yeah. Very thought-provoking. Yeah. Can I ask a question, Pastor Tony? Sure. In your meetings, are you seeing more and more people getting healed just without laying on of hands? Well, um, here, here's the thing. When, as an itinerant minister, you basically do what the host asks you to do. Uh-huh. And so there, <laughs> there are some— okay. There are some meetings where it's it's a leadership meeting, so that's what you're doing. Okay. And so if that's what the host says, then that's what God's going to honor, okay? Yeah. So if they say, I want a prophetic uh, teaching meeting, then you just do that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have to say, Lord, is it your will? No, God's going to honor that, and the angels are going to honor that because they're going to stand with that, whoever that host or hostess is. Yeah. But when it's, when it's a healing meeting, particularly if it's got some size to it, uh, a lot of people, no, I'm going to definitely go for um, glory manifestations. And so, yeah, so we will see, and we have seen miracles, even, you know, I mean, <laughs> I can remember a, a, a woman who was totally blind in her eye. She wasn't even prayed for, and she just starts seeing. I could see this more, I've seen this more than once, um, where, you know, without the laying on of hands, Okay. So, you know, or people get up out of wheelchairs or whatever kind of supernatural weight loss or dental miracles or whatever that is. I'm sort of, I have kind of a tension within me with regards to miracles in this sense. Manifestations do not produce maturity. They Mm -hmm. do meet needs. So I'm I'm not going to want to run around and just do miracle meetings because the goal of the apostles and prophets was spiritual maturity. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to do is I want to have a mixture between messages that bring spiritual maturity and br- messages that bring manifestations of the miraculous. 
Uh, and the reason I, I have that sort of thought is that when I look at the letters, when I, when I, when I look at the writings of the prophets and the, the mindset of the apostles, for there sure is an emphasis on purity. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. sure is an emphasis on uh, a church without spot, wrinkle, any such thing, a church that is glorious. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, what's interesting is even if you look at like Romans 6, where it says sin shall not have dominion over you, mm-hmm. uh, you're looking at, um, um, I think I think that word is spelled H-A-M-A-R, well, I think it's uh, hamartia mm-hmm. is the word. And it has to do with uh, shooting at a target, missing a mark. But what's interesting about it is it has to do with um, you missing your share or you missing the inheritance that was originally uh, intended to be yours. Wow. Hmm. And so when it says sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but you're under grace. In other words, when you get under the grace of the Lordship of Jesus, now, because you obey righteousness, you have a share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the mindset of the apostles, the mindset of the apostles and, and the Old and New Testament prophets is they want to make sure you get your share. Beautiful. <laughs> so it's about Beautiful. repentance. It's about faith. And it's about obedience uh, to the leadership and under the lordship of Jesus. And so I, I'm tr- what I'm trying to do is maintain a balance between um, the message and the miraculous. Beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. Beautiful. Well, before we close, would you pray for the people that are listening? Absolutely. So, Holy Father, uh, I, I thank you for this time to be with Philip and Sharon and for everyone who's listening. And Lord, uh, bring uh, as many listeners as can hear your voice to get this revelation and get this teaching so that, Lord, they will know the systems of the Spirit, that they'll know the ways of the Spirit, that they can walk in the wisdom of God and uh, know your ways and do your works. Yes. So, Lord, also, in every way, Lord, that we're behind it in our development, accelerate our development. Yes, Lord. Personally, uh, and, and also increase our external achievements. Yes. And Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do, what you've done, and what what you're doing now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.